everybody, and welcome to episode 50 of Talking Jacks. On this episode, I am joined, as always, as I have been for probably 45 of the 50 episodes, Ben Gosshorn. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing good. It's it's good to make it up to 50. Um, it's it's nice to kind of know how uh, old Gary is now, and we're kind of as we're almost as old as Gary, I think. Now, I'm not sure, but yeah. What do you mean? We're one year old. But we're 50 episodes, so we're like 50 podcast episodes old. If a podcast episode was a year of Gary's life, which year yes. would have been the best? Now that's a podcast I would listen to. A, a podcast for every year of, of Gary's life. Oh dear. That would be tough. And this is a really early tangent. Um, it is, but, but it's yeah. late night. It is. Normally we record when our brain function is much higher than it is at this point at almost 1030. <laughs> so it is a monday evening we are coming at you a little bit late but uh we had some schedule conflicts so we had we had to get our guest in and they could only do it on monday and so here we are two days before the match uh we were off this weekend which was a little odd i felt yeah. something missing although we at least had the world cup uh on for world mm-hmm. cup final on sunday to kind of tie us over um and we are coming off a victory, an unexpected victory. We, I believe, yeah. did we both predict a loss? Or did you predict, predict a, draw? a draw? Okay, I, was... I predicted a 1-0 loss. <laughs> and you predicted, I think, a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 draw, maybe. It was 1-1 that I predicted. But, well, uh, we were we both were... wrong. So kudos to that. Not the right team, of course, but... Hey, I will got... take it. That's half the battle, really. Um, yeah, but... Uh... I was super nervous going in this game. Um, As very was terrified, um, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, especially when I, once I saw we were starting Jordan at center back, that I was kind of afraid we may. Um, that terrified me. Well, that, we that essentially good. had no choice. Yeah, that, that's true. We we definitely were. Um, pinned back as far as options go uh especially when you saw the bench um having no defenders yeah um that that was kind of what we had to do um and, and figure it out from there um but I, th- I think we played pretty darn well we played a little differently too having uh kato and herrera up top uh yeah it was Jake a little bit different approach no, it was his second start of the season. I believe his first start was the uh, Bethlehem game where we got shellacked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Uh, yeah. But he was, was much uh, better in this game than he was in the Bethlehem game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would so agree. He, uh, he, was a, he was a standout performer. We had a lot of standout performers. I had a really hard time narrowing it down to three for my my recap. Uh, that I wrote mm. after the game because I thought you I mean you could have put almost any of the players in the starting 11 in your three who mattered uh, I thought Cordell Cato was all over the place the only thing that was missing for him was the final pass or the shot because he he yep. was tearing them apart in the middle part of the field uh, yep. and even some in the final 30 just couldn't get the, the pass right or the shot <laughs> Yeah, I think he had a really good bounce back game. Um, I would honestly think that Jordan was phenomenal. Yeah, Jordan. He, I he, put Jordan as man of the match yeah. because playing out yeah. of position 
he, yeah. he you couldn't tell that he was playing out of position. I almost kind of want him to play center back again this week. <laughs> you want to see the Jordan experiment at center back continue? I, I kind of do. He's struggled to find his place in the midfield. Uh, <laughs> it's a stacked midfield. Yeah. Um, maybe we don't throw him. Maybe we don't run him out there against the best attack in the league in Cincinnati. <laughs> so maybe maybe I don't actually want him to play there. But I wouldn't mind maybe getting him in that center back rotation because it is at this point in the season, it has been and probably will continue to be a rotation just due to, I mean, we haven't had, I don't, I can't remember the last time we played the same center back combo two games in a row. It's been a while. It's the, I think it's been a while since we've had two center backs of two of the same center backs available back-to-back games let alone um seriously though i when was the last time we had a full bench when's the last time we re-ran out a game day 18 because last game was 17 i think the game before that we had 15 i think before that it was 17 i mean it's been it's been a while since we've had 18 healthy bodies available no matter the position yeah so it's maybe that maybe this coming weeks with having the weekend off uh well maybe some guys got got back healthy well part of it is suspensions uh which let's go ahead and clear out the suspensions right now that was one of the listener questions from jason uh bilal duckett is back donnie smith is back uh Mm -hmm. and caleb calvert will be serving the first of a three-game suspension on wednesday and joel johnson is and joel johnson is serving a one-game suspension for yellow card accumulation because that referee hated us. Um, yeah, that, no, that that yellow card on Joel was not warranted. Yeah, uh, it was something. But the red card uh-huh. on Caleb Calvert absolutely was warranted. I don't know yep. what the hell he was thinking. I, like yep. he just like 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 he was he was battling for the ball and it was like, okay, I can't get to it. I'm gonna foul. Okay, I'm gonna grab you by the neck. Oh wait, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. But I'm still gonna grab you and throw you down. <laughs> yeah, it was just I, like a rush of blood to the head and uh he will miss the next three games after uh a lengthy injury uh absence of more than two months mm-hmm. so is it official not... that they has, hasn't been uh um uh word that i'm forgetting of that will you uh dispute a penalty uh, appealed uh, um i have no idea how they would win an appeal that that wasn't violent conduct that's that's fair i mean <laughs> you could have you could sure they could appeal it but anybody who looks at that is going to say, "Oh, look at him grab the guy in the neck." Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to rescind that red card. Yeah, that may be uh, not worth the mail slash uh, yeah data that you it would take to send an email. Um, so fair point that that's yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, any other thoughts from this game? I mean, there wasn't too much else. I, I think we didn't necessarily see a great Nashville team. Um, to be honest, they, they uh, kind of played. They were, start. Yeah. yeah. I was not impressed by them. Uh, I don't know if we just caught them on a off night. Uh, I, I, I saw some of their fans were saying they outplayed us. I don't, I'm, yeah, they, I don't, I don't know. know what game they watched because we. <laughs> we I mean, if you sure, if you look at the stats, oh, they had more shots and more possession. Clearly, they were the better team. But if you yeah. watched the game. Mm-hmm. That they were not the better team. They had 15 shots. Eight of them were blocked because they were just yeah. taking shots with tw- with defenders in the way. That doesn't like that doesn't count. No, 
<laughs> That's fill in the stat sheet for nothing. Yeah, so whatever. They can say that, but we outplayed them, in my opinion. And we and we did something that we don't always do, which is we got up a goal, and then we yep. sat back. And we said, okay, we're going to soak up pressure. We're going to try to hit you on the counter. It was a concerted effort to do that. Sometimes we'll counter a team. We'll put together a nice counterattack, but it's not necessarily like what we're looking to do every time. But in the, in the second half against Nashville, we were clearly sitting back, letting them have the ball because – they weren't going to break us down, you know. They mm-hmm. they had their best chances were uh, they had really one clear cut chance, and it was it was a really good save by by Dykstra, and that yeah. and they had a quick one two at the top of the box, and then the ball kind of sat there. It was a real kind of a weird thing where the ball looked like it was just sitting there. Nobody was attacking it. It was just there, and the guy turned and shot, and Dykstra saved it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're starting to, two of their starting forwards were subbed off at halftime with a combined zero shots, zero chances created. Like, no, they weren't the better team. Uh, yeah. So we can put that story to bed. Uh, I thought Sam Vines had another fantastic game. I thought he <laughs> played well enough to deserve to start in Cincinnati regardless of if Donnie is fit. I, ha- I have a feeling Donnie will be filling in for Joel at right back, so it's probably not going to be an issue. But I thought Sam Vines, he's put together two games in a row now. I'm trying to think of – I think it's two games in a row now where he yeah. has played with confidence. Yeah, Indy. In, that's the game. Okay, so he's two games in a row where he's played really well, uh, played with confidence. He's He's looked to get forward a little bit more. He's been more decisive in the attacking half. And then defensively, he's been solid, as he's been all season. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, Kevon George getting his – someone said it's his first professional goal. I don't mm. – they said that on second yellow. That doesn't sound right, but maybe maybe he just doesn't score goals. Uh, it was a really good volley for somebody who doesn't ever score a goal. So. Oh, yeah. Him. He hit it tremendously to begin with i'm a little upset i mean obviously i'm happy for kivon but i'm upset that matt pickens saved another great free kick from jorge herrera oh my god just like he did in the first game Mm -hmm. when he saved that i was just like get out of here pickens yeah it was a fantastic Um, save and then cordell cato uh it, it looks like if if you if you don't pay really close attention it looks like he just lumps the ball back into the area but if you see it the replay again watch really closely about maybe three steps before he picks up the ball he looks back in in, in the box finds where Kivon is finds the space and then without ha- without being without looking back plays it exactly where he wanted to it was a it was a very impressive cross i think with his weaker foot too with his left foot hmm. so uh big big time great assist for credo kato but yeah that wraps it up for me. I mean, unless you have anything to add, obviously I would really love for our players to stop making really foolish decisions and getting sent off. Um, Although I will say, I thought Matt Pickens also should have been sent off for sprinting 30 yards and then, you know, forearm shivering. I think it was Alex or somebody. Somebody. And only receiving what? Like a, uh, 
He received uh, a, a yellow card for descent. for descent for that. Yeah. I don't think it was for that. I think it may have been for screaming at the ref. I guess. That's what yeah. descent usually is. I definitely um, don't want to continue this trend because I think we're... Um, uh, okay. No, we... Well, oh, no. We do have more yellow or red cards than... Uh, than uh, Las Vegas Lights. That's, that's uh, hard little... to believe because they're a joke of a club. Yeah. Yeah, they are. We've got two more red cards in Las Vegas Lights. So take that, Las Vegas. You're not as crazy as we are. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, the only other positive I'll definitely take from this game and thing before we transition is that I'm immensely happy that we got a major. Um, win and momentum shift compared to where we were um a lot of the post game uh news conferences and things like that that they were done kind of alluded to that the team knew they needed a good result here they, they felt like they've been a a good team here but maybe not um good enough to get results i suppose um but i think this is a good momentum shift going into cincinnati going into louisville going into some tougher tougher competition um very happy right now yeah yeah I, I was very happy with it as well uh nashville is a tough team to beat so i was happy to get a win against a side that's in the top four or five in the in, in the conference standings because i don't know when you're losing to teams at the bottom well i guess bethlehem's not at the bottom when you're losing to teams that previously were below you in the standings. Uh, it's nice to get a win over a team that's above you in the standings to kind of even it out. Um, yep. We can get into where we are in the whole structure of the Eastern Conference maybe at a later episode because this one's pretty packed. So yep. uh, on that note, we will transition now into our interview with Boston Keith of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. Hey everybody, we are here with Boston Keith of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. He is a co-host of the podcast and writes for the website. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate being on. It's kind of I think it's my first time, so that's awesome. It yeah. is. It is. Welcome to the other Queen City or the real Queen City, as we <laughs> like to call it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love I love that argument. I love that argument. Uh, the first year especially. It's like everybody took offense. Like our our people took offense that, that you guys were at Queen City. I don't even think anyone even knew until until yeah. the, the soccer team's battle and all of a sudden it became like this be wait, wait a minute. We call ourselves Queen City. Let's fight about it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that Cincinnati was. I think there's another city that I'm forgetting about that I don't even know if they have a soccer team. There's probably like three or four other ones. But it's a fun little uh, rivalry and there's a reason for for making a some hired wear to, to play for, which is cool. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a good thing. It's uh, this has obviously been the best chance we've ever had to uh, to have it. Um, pretty good chance. Yeah, pretty I big, mean, pretty big goal deficit to overcome. Yeah, I don't. I don't but want Cincinnati to. Cincinnati got the away goal. They did. Yeah, get the that's, away oh, goal. yeah. That's, that's the true. important thing. That's that's in the back of my mind is the away goal. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna try to be as neutral as possible or not optimistic because when i tend to be optimistic about certain things they're like oh this is gonna go great then um they, they tend to backfire um so we're not gonna do that but um but yeah we've uh, it's pretty usual uh we've we've we brought the opposing teams uh 
I guess, a knowledgeable individual from the other side to kind of share some uh, some information. But uh, talk a little bit about how the season's been going, recent form, just a general glazing over as much details as you want for Cincinnati this year, I suppose. That's been a pretty good season. And, um, uh, over a month now in the USL standings, and that's that's kind of a hard thing to maintain once you once you get your grasp on it. I think I think we we flirted with first place. Louisville got it back if if, I, if my memory serves me right somewhere in early June, and then, and then once we grabbed it the second time, we we've held on to it. So we've been fortunate enough that uh, some of that's game and games in hand. We've we've kind of played more than everybody else, and they'll catch up. And then like this week, we have two again. So I think we're actually going to get three games out in front of Pittsburgh. Which is fine, um, uh, as long as you know you can you can keep the wins and the draws, you know, so that they have to win or draw to match you. Um, so you know, it's it's been a pretty good season. We've kind of had uh, a triple threat, which is the first for us. Normally, uh, past years of FC Cincinnati, it's throw the ball to Acoli in, in 2017, throw the ball to GB, and and, <laughs> and it was good enough to get into the playoffs, but never good enough to to keep us going in the postseason. So this year, everything's been um, rehashed, and so we've got three forwards. Uh, all three of them are in the in the top twenty goal scores of the USL, and uh, I think we're fourth, fifth, and twentieth. So um, that's kind of our our trio. Um, all the uh, attack goes on there, and then and then quietly in the last uh, few weeks, FC Cincinnati's put together their defense again, and I don't and none of us saw that coming, and so we've had three clean sheets uh, all in a row. And Evan Newton is uh, flying up the the clean sheet and the, the keeper ladder, and all of a sudden now he's in the top five of goalkeepers, and never never would have thought. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it sounds like everything that could be going correctly is going correctly. Oh, and you got MLS. I almost forgot about that. Let's not <laughs> about that. Um, a little a little extra bonus there, I suppose, um, to to look forward to to next year. Um, but some of the players, it, it kind of looks like you uh, kept some of the players from last year, being uh, Koenig and Kenny Walker, Corbin Bone, yeah. uh, Lachlan, things like that. But you've got a couple different players. Um, the main player I'm curious on that I only know a little bit about, to be honest with you, is uh, Ledesma. Um, the the thing that stood out to me the most for him is he's he's got the nine goals, which is, I guess, in goal total, second in the list of yeah, the tons of people that have nine goals. Yeah, but he's also got the eight assists as well. Yeah, um, how is he managing that? What does he bring to the team? Um, talk a little bit about him. I was when he signed him because I'd seen him play for New York, the Cosmos, um, mm-hmm. and and saw what he did kind of in that league. And he's they didn't have any situation players to add to him, and he's still just he's he's what I call. Uh, a miracle player. And, and if you go watch his highlight reel this year, there are several times where his goals, he has no help. He he just, like, you, somebody leaves him with a little space, no matter where he is on the pitch, he will shoot. And um, and he lands just some, some crazy goals. He's been on SportsCenter t- two or three times already this season. And, and that's kind of his specialty. Like, he creates things from nothing. And if he doesn't have the goals, if they're not leaving him wide open uh even in you know a spot you would think is safe then he's trying to create any assist and and he kind of feeds into uh, albadawi and feeds into koenig and that's why their goal totals are also so large 
so he's master facilitator and uh, all around attacking. Um, one, one thing I was kind of curious on, would you say that uh, tactically for Cincinnati that they're much more focused on pressing and attacking and um, basically their midfield and forward being very high pressed and uh, threatening? Or is it kind of a mixed bag with some defensive players or, or how does that look for them strategically? Well, that's a, you're asking the tough question because you're trying to put me in Alan Koch's mind and we don't have one system. So um, we we have a similar strategy on attack where we yeah. do this kind of diamond pattern to get the ball through midfield. We're so used to being impressed because people watched Louisville tear us apart at the beginning of the season and they do that that full on fast paced press that they do that, that O'Connor uh, thing that's that's just made them great. And, and so teams try to duplicate that against us because it works so well. And Louisville's had our number. And we've fought that. You know, we've had to fight back that season. And sometimes it's been this diamond formation, and that's worked. And then other times, you know, we just get killed. And and so, like, you saw us going to Nashville a couple games ago, and we, and, you, and we played for the draw, and it was 0-0. And we just we sat there and absorbed their attack. And they just had their their run the first half we didn't even really uh try to get possession i think it was 40 60 uh mostly our possession is just kicking the ball away um as they just invaded our half over and over and over again and the second half we kind of uh, put together some semblance of an attack but never anything strong enough to, to take that game away so i don't know you know i i don't know charlotte the last time we played you guys um we tried some kind of a, a defensive thing, and then once the game got away from us, we switched to full-on attack, and then you guys just burnt us on the counter. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting what we do. Charlotte Charlotte's one of those teams that just lines up very strangely with us. You know, it's a difficult matchup. Hmm. Interesting. Um, any questions, Alex? Um, I don't have any questions. We just have a ton of listener questions, so. <laughs> if, if you're Let's ready to get into those, we can. Um, yeah. We can just yeah. kind of go right into them. Uh, the first one is from Jason Bailey, and he asks, how much stock does Cincinnati Soccer Talk put into uh, Iron Pony Chef's theory that Cincy can't beat any of the best teams? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I battle with this guy on Twitter all the time. He's easy. <laughs> He's a good uh, he's a good guy. He's a stats guy, right, out in Sacramento, and he, he he's a good co-host on the USL show, which I'm a regular listener to. Um, Pony Pony's good. He's a stats guy. In fact, I've taken some of his knowledge in past seasons as as solid as gold. Uh, and now he's in this analyst role, and he's he's got to take these stats and and spin theories and into them. And so that's where I I uh, I banter with him sometimes, like this uh, this new. Um, I see Cincinnati can't beat top teams. So real quick, <laughs> counter rebuttal. Let's take a look at the top eight. Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Drew beat them in the Open Cup. Okay, Open Cup doesn't count. Number three, Char Charleston Battery beat them first game of the season. Yes, we lost to Louisville. Two wins in Indy away. Number six, Red Bulls. One away. Number seven, Nashville away. Draw. Number eight, Charlotte lost. So, out of the eight teams, we've lost to two of them. How is that losing to the top teams in the league? <laughs> I can you, you can spin the narrative whichever way you want, but FC Cincinnati sat in first for over a month, so 
That's my narrative. Question has been answered. Question uh, answered. That's a straightforward answer, and I appreciate it. (laughs) All right, that one is for us for later. Uh, This is also from Jason. A lot of these are going to be from Jason. Uh, This one is, does Cincinnati noticeably change their tactics uh, for home games versus away games? And if so, what are the key differences? Yes, but uh, not the way you think. The tactics are actually personnel. Um, Alan Koch has this theory, and he sticks by it, but he wants to put on the best show, the best performance at home. And so when we have two games like this in a week, which in this case is two home games, so I'm very interested in seeing how he plays this. But most of the time, it's a home and an away, and he will always play the home game more than he'll play the away game. Even in the Open Cup, you know, it's it's strange. But he he likes to put forth his starting 11 at home. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do this week with two matches. He's he's not going to play the same 11 in both. So whether he prioritizes the first one or the second one is anyone's guess. Who is the second one, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, New York Red Bulls. We play them on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, they're both top eight teams, so I don't know how you prioritize that. Uh, You can go for revenge versus Charlotte um, and try to keep the cup here. Um, But New York is is a team we've historically struggled with a little bit, and getting that win in New York, I think we're the only team to win in New York this season. That's fall. Well, we sure as hell didn't, so. (laughs) We got smacked in New York. Yep. Us, like many others, got uh, dismantled. All righty. Let's see. So how did this is also from Jason. How is the first uh, Queen City Cup match viewed from a Cincinnati point of view? Fluky, bad day at the office, deserved loss. All questions. (laughs) Are you talking about leg one? Yeah. The 4-1 Charlotte win. I'll tell you what, we were freaking out after it. Um, I was was driving in the season. It was May, right? Yeah, yeah. I was driving in my car listening to Brian Weigel and uh, Goose talking on, I think it was March to Match. He said, what'd you say, five to one or five he nothing? Did. I did say five to one. <laughs> I, I laughed. I audibly laughed as I'm yep. driving down the road and was like, this guy's high as a kite. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm watching the game. Score, score, goal, goal. And I'm like, <laughs> son of a. What does he know? How? Um, just totally. It was totally embarrassing. I think that's what it really was viewed as. as kind of an embarrassment. This is a team. We are probably outspending, just out the top of my head, guessing two to one, three to one, Charlotte. Um, there's no reason to, to lose four to one if you have that kind of talent on the field. Uh, we're trying to build in a major league soccer roster. Um, so some of these guys are supposed to move up with us and, and that's the performance that you're putting out there. Uh, that's kind of what we viewed it as. Um, but Charlotte is a good team and you still have great strikers and we just can't, you know, I think going into this match, we have to take it as you guys are not in eighth place. You're in second or third because the moment our defense lets up, I mean, I, well, I think, I, th- I mean, I think I can't remember, but your shots on your shot conversion percentage was outrageous in that game it's, it's almost it's outrageous for the season yeah or yeah, our conversion yeah. rate is been is very high to the usl for so um, basically yeah. limit charlotte shots or they'll score when they shoot you know yeah yeah our problems lie yeah. on the other end of the pitch right. uh as they pretty much have in, ever since the team started so speaking <laughs> of those problems uh this question's from wade Razell. 
and he asks, which one of our defenders do you think Cincinnati plans to target? Possibly 18-year-old Sam Vines? Oof. Um, it's whoever you guys, you know, whoever Ledesma goes up against, honestly. You have to, and you know, this is the clear-cut strategy for him. You have to keep a guy on him, and it doesn't matter. He's going to float around the pitch. He's going to, you know, the honestly, the, the, the one thing you can let him do is cross because he does it a lot, and, um, and some of them will convert into goals sometimes, but it's better than letting him shoot. He's got a, a sick left foot, and um, you don't want to be on ESPN. <laughs> top 10 so so um the teams that have been successful like nashville shut out koenig shut out ledesma shut out nazmi because they were able to put a body on um ledesma and then you know have the defensive back line really take care of the other two yeah i, I think i remember oh. ledesma came out early maybe in the, the other the first leg i do mm-hmm. i remember he did i think he got the assist uh I'm having a hard time remembering how that game played out exactly, other than the yeah, I, you know, honestly, I am too because it's it's one that's so far back there, um, and and when you lose four to one, you try to shove that stuff so deep down in your memory so that yeah. you can never think about it again. So thanks for bringing me on the show and bringing it up again, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> uh, all right, rolling right along here. The next question is from Charles Houston, and he says, "Does the Queen City Cup mean anything to Cincy fans?" And what would it mean to lose it without the chance to get it back in the foreseeable future? Ooh, uh, um, I think the first year we all, you know, Charlotte fans and Cincy fans are like, what, what are we doing here? And, and our mayors got together. Um, since then, thing, you know, we've got this huge thing with Louisville, um, which we're probably already lost since we lost two out of three games um, with them. So I think because of that, you know, we're not going to get – the Dirty River Derby back from Louisville. Um, let's let's take something with us, you know. <laughs> we're obviously trying to take the the USL Cup, like all of us are. But um, yeah, I think it'd be nice to take one rivalry away. However, it's it's a bat, it's an uphill battle, you know. With, with the three to one, four to one, we we are three goals down. Um, that's a big goal differential to overcome, and we don't have a third game against you guys. No, we don't. This is for the for the trophy, I suppose. Yep, this is for the trophy. Yeah. It might Hopefully. be our only Thanks chance at hardware of the season as well. So there's that. You can't say that you're above the line. Everything's good in Charlotte. Where are we above the line? I thought we were in ninth I, after last week. Are we up to? Are we up to? You're in eighth right we're now. In eighth. Okay, so maybe somebody I, played Sunday then. I think Footmob like didn't update or something. I yeah. had the same problem to me. Um, but we can not. I'm not going to say we're going to win because I'm not going to jinx anything. But if we were to win, we would jump up to fourth. Yep, you would. So, well, and we would be helping Cincinnati because Louisville would be dropped down to fifth. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's a mutual benefit right now. What we need you to do is beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> can we? Can we just not play them? How about that? <laughs> Although we, typically now it's different because. They are no longer the Pittsburgh of old, but typically we're very good against Pittsburgh. So maybe that mojo will keep rolling. Yeah. But, um, next question is from Richard, and he asks, obviously Nippert Stadium has been great to FC Cincinnati, but what is the worst thing about it? Ooh. 
Nippert is a stadium full of pluses and minuses. Yes, it allows us to have uh, an intimate atmosphere, big crowds. Um, the negatives are really probably the reason we're moving uh, to Major League Soccer and something that would have been a problem if we stayed in the USL. Um, we don't own it. Uh, we have to share um, all the concessions and all that revenue on a, a one-third split. Uh, with the concession, people get a third. The stadium, or sorry, UC gets a third, and then FC Cincinnati gets a third. We gave up our third for a couple years to expand the stadium, and we so we gave up that share of that that profit. Um, signage, they've allowed us to have some freedom, so that's good, but uh, we don't have full control over the stadium. And my biggest complaint is everyone talks about how great the Bailey is. You know, we, we pack the, the, our supporter section 1,700 strong, and we're up above the goal, which sounds amazing. Like, if you're on the field as a player, this, this sound rolls down onto the pitch and goes across it. And so, like, the whole game, both, both teams are hearing just us, 1,700 of us. And it, if you, it's interesting, but the way the dynamics work in that stadium, if you go all the way across campus outside of the stadium on the other side of the bowl you can hear the bailey like you're in it because just the way it carries down there and back up across uh, the field so that's the coolest thing but because you're so high the sight line is terrible so everybody yeah everyone everyone remembers our open cup game where we won in penalties last year uh versus the the fire chicago fire the bailey we had to wait till the net moved or didn't move <laughs> oh, to wow. scream and yell for the penalty shots. Wow. Yeah, only like the first four rows. So, so sometimes you can watch them and see if they start cheering. And then you watch, you, if they show it on TV, watch it. It'll be a delayed reaction up the Bailey. And so, uh, it, you know, if someone scores on that side of the pitch, it's, that is the worst thing about Nipper. We, we really would like a new section. <laughs> when I first heard about that, I thought it must have been a. A terrible lie or a terrible joke or just like Louisville fans making something up on Twitter or something. It, it's pretty hilarious that that's an actual fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It only affects a small percentage of the fans in the stadiums, but it's kind of the, the, the ones doing all, you know, all the cheering and chanting and everything. Yeah, it's an important percentage. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, another question from Richard, and it is, does, is everyone unanimously you're looking forward to joining MLS? And what will be missed about playing in the USL? Ooh, freedom. <laughs> um, I think with the USL, you get you know the club is basically sets a lot of the rules. Um, the supporters have good relationship with the club. The club's always had our back, and in turn, we've had theirs. Um, and so yeah, that's why a lot of the times, you know, you'll see FC Cincinnati fans defending FC Cincinnati even when they make questionable decisions, um, because the club really has you know the supporters asked for this the club does everything in his power to grant that it's it's a harmonious relationship and and we're lucky that we haven't had to have one with uh, with much friction um so mls is going to obviously take some of that away because now they're calling more shots um you know on the plus side we we kind of in american soccer you never know for sure um what's going on with these teams and their financials. And, and you've, you've seen a lot of really, you know, previously stable teams. The Rhinos scare me to death. You know, once Harold is, uh, you know, they actually got a major league invite and said, nah, you know, we're going to hold off a year or two. Uh. And now that team doesn't even exist today. So that's what scares me. And, and that's the trade-off. You know, we're trading a little bit of, of um, what we've built, um, 
for what we believe will be you know, long-term stability and security. And, and so I think a lot of fans are on board with that. There's obviously a few that uh, probably would rather have the cheaper prices and stay in the USL because they think the USL team can draw 25,000 forever. And maybe they could, you know, we don't know. Uh, this, this is a way to, to get, but you know, we also get our own stadium. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, us soccer landscape is kind of a sticky. It's met- yeah, it's messed up and weird. Yeah, <laughs> we won't get too far into that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I don't, I don't. I'll say this: I don't love Major League Soccer. I don't love all the rules. I don't love the United States soccer landscape. I wish you know um, things could be perfect, and we could have all kinds of uh, cool systems here, like we see, uh, the, you know, some of the teams we like overseas. But um, I guess until something happens until some kind of a change comes about uh you know i'm okay playing within the rules i guess yeah that's kind of how that's pretty much our stance too uh the rest of the questions looks like just all of your buddies ragging on you so i'll spare you that so i'll spare you that (laughs) uh do you ben do you have any other questions before we go into prediction time oh I'll say this. Um, what do you think, if there is a weakness for Cincinnati, what do you think it is, and how can independents exploit that, other than maybe how, what we've kind of talked about, I suppose? <laughs> do exactly what you did last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, FC Cincinnati definitely has weaknesses. Um, defense, if the back line. Uh, Evan Newton is a decent goalkeeper, but... Um, um, he's hung out to dry sometimes, and, and they've they've done well the last three matches, but uh, we haven't been playing world beaters, goal scoring teams either. Um, so um, that's kind of they're going to have to you know like I said it's a tough matchup they're going to have to limit independent shots if you guys can can get shots off with your rate of of you know performing uh, when you shoot it's it's kind of that, that's a weakness. That's a big weakness for us. Uh, midfield, we're missing Richie Ryan, and he's kind of our the guy that builds out of the back for us. Um, Lahoud's doing a decent job filling in, but you know he's not the main guy. So there's an, another potential weakness. Um, and then the only the only absolute strength that I think is our is is our attacking core. Hmm. All right, sounds kind of like um, us. Although our midfield, yeah. if we're all healthy, our midfield is strong. Which it sounds like yeah. Cincinnati's is as well. So, yeah, it's a decent. It's I mean, it's a good midfield. You know, you still got Kenny Walker out there. You still got Corbin Bone out there, um, but missing Richie Ryan it kind of kind of hurts a little bit. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. So speaking of predictions, I will start. I am worried about this game. Uh, to be quite honest, our defense prior to this past week has been in shambles. Uh, we we looked better on Wednesday against Nashville, which they're not exactly beating the doors down with goals. So yeah. there's that caveat. <laughs> but uh, I I think we're going to I think we're gonna go. I think this is just gonna be a high flying two two draw. All right. I think I stole Ben's prediction. Yeah, you, you stole <laughs> my exact prediction. Um, I I think it. <clears throat> excuse me. I do think there'll be a decent amount of goal scored. I, 
can't foresee uh, kind of similar to what Boston says that Koch likes to put his best lineup out there. I can't foresee that Cincinnati's not going to try to score a ton of goals. They're on ESPN two. Um, oh, it's yeah. a home game. Forgot about um, that. Can't imagine that they're not going to try to put their best foot forward. Um, but I think we're kind of in a good position as well. Um, offensively, if we can continue to put things together, depending on how injuries shake up, um, may make it a little bit more difficult. Um, if we were full, I would be a little more confident in saying draw a win, but two, two draw, I think is, is how I think it will go. Hopefully. Our, uh, our Cincinnati soccer talk stats expert predicts as a two, two draw at, uh, it's not bad, you know, uh, 4.99%. So 5% chance for a two, two draw. Um, he's pretty good at this. He likes to brag about how accurate it is, but he's sitting dead last in our growler competition. So, um, you know, <laughs> take, take, take that Ken. The most likely score is a two, one win for FC Cincinnati, according to him. Uh, but I already tore up one stats guy today, so don't listen to this. <laughs> the, um, so we have this thing, right, a Cincinnati Soccer Talk called the Growler Cup, where we have a competition with a lot of the people that that, that support our show. Um, every single person last week picked uh, FC Cincinnati to win, and I was the rogue vote that went Tampa Bay, because I'm trying to get ahead of these guys in this competition. So oh, guess, yeah. yeah, so I've gotten so much crap all week from fans that are like, how dare you guys, it's a strategy, it's a strategy. <laughs> I, I tried, I failed. You know, don't don't beat me up for it. Um, but guess what I did this week? I'm the one person that picked Charlotte to win two <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> so my I have to stick with it. My official pr- prediction is is two one Charlotte. All righty. Well, thank you for your support of <laughs> the one true Queen City. <laughs> um, I, I'd be okay with Cincinnati to win two one. I'd be completely okay with that as long as it's not three one. Yeah, 3-0. I think it's three zero that they yeah, need. Yeah, three one, we still get the cup, but I would yeah, prefer not to lose three one. Man, that is so hard. That is so hard to overcome. Like, I, th- I mean, I think you, I think you're probably safe. You know, even losing the game, you're probably safe with the cup. I mean, what, what, I, I, yeah, but I I've, I've watched us lose to Bethlehem four one, mm-hmm. and then New York like five two or six three, whatever it was. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> hey, you want to know a cool stat? And this yeah. is weird. You guys beat us 4-1, and it set off this chain where we beat Detroit City 4-1, and then we beat North Carolina 4-1. Thank you like for our that. Ve- our, our very next two matches. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but 4-1, three games in a row. Hmm. Very odd. That is very odd. All right. There we well, are. We'll, uh, we'll let you get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, answering all those questions, we normally don't get that many. So thanks to our <laughs> listeners for participating. Yes, no, thank you, Boston. Do appreciate your time. No, uh, thanks for having me. This is this is kind of a fun fun little uh, matchup we guys we have, and uh, I'm gonna miss this when I'm gone. All righty, man. Take care, and uh, hopefully it'll be a fun time on Wednesday. All right, see you. See you. And we are back, folks. Welcome back to episode 50 of Talking Jacks. Uh, that was a great talk with Boston um, about just the Queen City Cup leg two. Uh, this is a big match. This is a chance for us to take home hardware, uh, something I 
think we have yet to do as a franchise. I know it may just be a little supporters cup, but anytime you can win something tangible, I think it's best to go for it. Absolutely. I think uh, definitely want to thank Boston for, for being a part of the podcast and, and sharing some good information there. Um, and then thank you to the listeners for, for providing some very good questions. Um, you made it almost too easy for us this yeah, week. Our listeners were killing it this um, week. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think this is a, another really important game. Um, we can get some more momentum. It's on ESPN2. Um, I think that's a big thing, too. I think that's being yeah. maybe not talked about enough mm-hmm. is the fact that this game is on such a big platform you know espn2 is on at every sports bar in america i mean unless they don't have cable or satellite which why are you running a sports bar without that you know there's gonna be tvs in charlotte showing charlotte independence versus cincinnati fc or fc cincinnati excuse me and there's gonna be people who see charlotte independence for the first time because the footprint that the independence has in the city is still tiny. Uh, so I really hope we put on a good performance. I hope maybe with the world cup buzz still ringing in the ears of, of just everyday sports fans who mm-hmm. maybe are just sitting at a sports bar. Hey, Charlotte independence. What's that? That's soccer. Yeah. Oh, cool. This is my team in my city. Like, I, I just think that's an, something that maybe can generate a little bit more buzz around the team so if we go out and get blown out that's probably not going to help but if we can go put on an entertaining match uh with a with another good team i think maybe there's a chance to win some fans who otherwise uh maybe wouldn't know about the team or wouldn't have given them the chance if they had to pay five dollars a month to watch them on espn plus so yeah i think that's that's a really good point too um i exposure is always a good thing and i think this will be a net positive for everything um really excited to see it's all it's always fun watching uh midweek games and away games at jack's house and things like that but it's it's gonna be that much more special having it be on espn too that's for sure and i think it'll it'll raise the level of competition in this game not that there wouldn't be enough already um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um, with uh, with everything for this game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into the remaining listener questions uh, that are mainly just for independence focused. Uh, first question comes from Wade Brazell, and he says, is the Queen City Cup coming home? It's coming home. <laughs> yes. It's um, coming home. Yeah, it is. It's coming home. Yes. Even even Boston knows it's coming home. Um, which, hats off to you, Wade, for making me laugh at work today. Because um, <laughs> I genuinely busted out laughing when I when I saw that tweet. Um, it, yes. I, I don't know if Richard and Gary are going to want to sing that song at Jack's house if they will be in attendance. But I think we need to. For the, for the sheer fact of hilarity and... <laughs> Um, and everything else. I, I, w- I would love to do that because, yeah. I agree. I hope that song gets sung, along with the new uh, 
with the new song that was debuted against Nashville. Uh, I don't know what we're calling it, but it's to the tune of September. And it, mm-hmm. it, it was sung loudly for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question, speaking of songs that are sung loudly for a long time, is uh, who would we nominate for the Charlotte Independence In My Feelings Challenge? Oh, I uh, forgot about this. It, oh, our, this yeah. is from JB, Jason Bailey. <laughs> it is who, sh- who would do it best and who would do it worst? Do you have an idea? I've got a best and worst. Um, I'm not going to pick the obvious. I'm not going to pick the obvious one for best. um, Because Bilal would be the best. I think it would be Bilal. I disagree, sir. No. Okay. I think Cordell Cato would be the best. Cordell Cato, he's got got the footwork on the field. I bet he's got the footwork on the dance floor. I, I feel like Kevon George would be a sleeper pick. He's a dark horse to me um, to be really good at this. I, I feel like he's got some dance moves. Um, the, I feel like the person who would be the worst at this, sorry, Sam Vines. Ooh. I feel like it would be No, Sam, Sam Vines. Vines is young. Sam Vines knows this stuff. He lives and breathes this. No, I, I like think he... the worst would be Jorge Herrera. What? You, Jorge Herrera. Herrera probably doesn't know how to dance. Mm, that's a bold claim, sir. That is that is a bold claim. I think you're you're calling out his uh, his dancing skills. It may be a hot take. If if Jorge does a dance this season, I will do something outlandish. He always doesn't dance though. He kisses his ring and then he exactly. He that's my point. That's my point. Does anybody dance? That's a I good mean, question. To do it, I'll give you that. No, but yeah, we need to get yeah. more dancing when we celebrate goals. Mm-hmm. All right, players, if any of the players are listening, pass this on to the locker room. When you score a goal, come up with a cool dance to do. Synchronized. Yeah, synchronized dance. That'd be cool. Um, and also, if if you are listening to this, let us know if Jorge is a good dancer. Because <laughs> my money is on no. All right, next question is also from Jane uh, Jason. Beans on toast, terrible or treasure? Wait, beans on toast? Beans on toast, terrible or treasure? Why would you ruin toast with beans? Because beans are terrible. Um, I don't care what. I'm sorry, English people. Beans are terrible. They are not good. Um, wow. I have avoided them for many years now because it's just like, it's not really soup. It's not really... You don't like any beans. I'll eat some beans, but like baked beans. See, I love baked beans. No. Black not... beans, baked beans, pinto green beans, beans, green beans. I love beans. Green beans. Um, jelly beans. I don't <laughs> like jelly beans. I'm not much of a jelly bean guy. Jelly beans. Jelly beans are, are very tasty to me. Um, but I don't think they'd go well on toast, obviously. I have only Beans-tough. had... Uh, so I've only had the traditional beans on toast one time, and that was at Big Ben's uh, in South Bend. And it was surprisingly not bad. It's a combination that you don't really expect to like, uh, but it was it was quite palatable, in my opinion. Endorsement. So it was, it was somewhere between treasure and terrible. 
which is a lot like our season, if we're going to get be honest. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm, I, I don't see any other. That was the last question. So thank you. Seriously, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jason and Charles and Wade, uh, Richard. Did I get everybody? I feel like that's correct. I feel like I got everybody uh, who asked a question. Let me double check. Yes, I got everybody who asked a question. Thank you for asking the questions uh, and allowing us to answer them. So, Ben, do you have anything you would like to add before we get out of here? No, I think that just about does it. Just uh, come out and support your Jacks at uh, um, Jack's house. Um, there also will be, uh, we haven't really mentioned this and we've been meaning to, um, Ashley Mahoney's uh, fundraiser. Uh, they'll be doing a raffle. Yeah, at, yeah, the uh, raffle. Jack's house um, for a signed Enzo Martinez shirt. Um, so come out and do that. I, I, I have pre-purchased 20,000 tickets. So good luck um so yeah all right uh like ben said check out uh jacksmilitia.com or twitter i'm not sure where they have the link posted uh for the mary mahoney scholarship fund we'll uh we will find it and tweet it out and i'll put it in the show notes as well uh for this episode so make sure you do that and uh, the only other thing we have to add is keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter page. We have some fun stuff we're going to be unveiling uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning being Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And have a wonderful week. Come on, you jacks. Yeah.